Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself as a Pre-PT on your journey to becoming a future doctor of physical therapy. This episode has been sponsored by our Acceptance Navigator Series, which is a free four-part Pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or fear of PT school rejection. Learn how to get into the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This is the most value that we have given away and it's free. Take control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode has also been sponsored by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. Listen to this. One of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year when applying to PT school is not applying to schools that are a perfect match for them. Partnering with our friends at PT School Probe has made that a problem of the past. As PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to plug in and enter what you're looking for in your ideal schools, and you will be immediately matched up with your perfect match DPT programs in the United States. To get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school programs, go to www.ptschoolprobe.com, www.ptschoolprobe.com, and use the code PREPTGRIND in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you there. That's PREPTGRIND for your code. This will save you hundreds of dollars in your application by helping you avoid throwing away money at the wrong schools and saving tens of thousands of dollars lost every year that you miss out on becoming a DPT. So go to www.ptschoolprobe, that's ptschoolprobe, probe.com, and use the code preptgrind in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you. And that's because we got you covered and we are excited to share this next episode with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast episode. We look forward to serving you. Have a blast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pre-PT Grind, where we help you become the best Pre-PT applicant and student you can be. My name is Natalie, and I'm one of the podcast directors. I'm very excited to be on here today because we have the Dean and Program Director of South College, Dr. Notaboom. Thank you for joining us to answer a few questions regarding your program. Thank you. And we'll get into the first question. In five minutes or less, tell us what led you to the profession. So I am probably not that unusual from a lot of physical therapy students who find out about physical therapy because they get injured in sports or other activities and find out that physical therapy is a you know, as a profession that can help people and uh, it's engaging and, you know, that PTs, you know, even though it's never fun to have an injury, 
being around PTs that want to make a difference, it's contagious, I guess. So I had a great PT when I had tore my ACL in high school. My mom was a nurse. She encouraged us to, my, my brothers and I, to go into healthcare, and three of us did. And so, you know, that really set, the, set me on the path to physical therapy. I went to undergrad and found a mentor. I am so grateful throughout all of my steps of my career. I've had great mentors along the way and had a mentor who really took me under his wing. He was a physical therapist at, a uni- at the university. He was also the head athletic trainer. So he worked with the sports teams. He taught kinesiology and anatomy. And so I essentially followed him around to the hospital when he did PT in the morning and then was in his classes and then worked as an athletic trainer. And so he guided me so much in that early stage. And then later when I went into practice, also surrounded by great mentors who led me into the field of not only sports physical therapy initially, but then also into orthopedics and manual physical therapy and had great mentors along that path and eventually found that as much fun as I had getting patients better, it was even more fun to watch students learn and grow. So I had students in the clinic with me and and then I started to do some teaching and then eventually after about 10 years as a PT became a full-time instructor uh, starting at Regis University in, in Denver, Colorado. That's awesome. Do you think having siblings who are also going into like medical professions, do you think that helped like all of you guys because you could kind of, I mean, maybe you didn't want to, but like you could like talk about like classes that you struggled in or like if you didn't understand something, but one of them did, like they could kind of help you on that. So I'd say my early conversations that I enjoyed about healthcare related things were actually with my mom. I'm the oldest of three boys. Uh, and so actually they, uh, they followed my paths uh, into nursing and into one's a physician assistant and an athletic trainer and, and in nursing. But it's really been fun since they've gone down those paths for us to have conversations along those lines. My wife is an emergency medicine physician. Uh, my sister-in-law is a PA. So we, it's, uh, it kind of healthcare dominates our conversations when we're all get together. That's awesome. Okay, so next question is students will put in extra work to better certain parts of their application to be the best all-around applicant they can be. Obviously, every school will value a different aspect of the application, but what would you say is an aspect of the application that stands out to you when you're viewing thousands of applications every cycle? Well, I've been a part of the admissions team for over 20 years in physical therapy. Initially at Regis University, when we were really a brand new physical therapy program in the mid 90s. Um, And so we had, you know, got to see what it was like to kind of set up a culture of admissions that would be, you know, again, try to find the best students for that particular program. That was a, it was a Jesuit uh, program. We were also had a mission of trying to get physical therapists to go into rural settings. We know that rural settings have been under uh, served for a long time. So in the admissions process there, we were looking for people that, you know, may not have the highest uh, GRE or GPA, but that uh, had brought other kind of intrinsic value to to the application process. And I would say in the two and a half years since I've been dean and program director at South College, you know, we've continued that holistic 
admissions model. We are committed to it. We want students in our program and graduates of that program to look like society. And so that is um, individuals who come from a wide variety of backgrounds, have enough knowledge about the profession so that they know what they're getting into. But we, we know that some students stumble, you know, out of the gate in undergraduate, you know, careers. So we do at South College have a, a 3.0 as, as a minimum GPA, but students that fall below that are also considered because if they have the most recent 60 credit hours are, uh, you know, fairly strong. In other words, they stumbled, but then they found their passion. Maybe they started off in something outside of healthcare as an undergrad. And then, but you could just see the inflection point where they started to do better once they found kind of their passion and their mission. And so, yeah, I mean, I think all of those, those things stand out at South College because we're unique. We are the very first program that is hybrid in nature. In other words, students can live wherever they want to live, but it's also two years. So we are the first hybrid accelerated program. Um, and that, that really makes us uh, even more important for us to make sure we have a good match, that we find students that number one, understand what it means to be in an accelerated program because you have to learn and pass the national licensure exam two years of PT school, what other students are taking two and a half to three years to learn. So we, we look for students who are, you know, maybe uh, athletes or maybe they had a, a job while they were going through undergrad. They were really busy. They could, they could balance a busy schedule. We also look for people who kind of have bring kind of an ownership of their own learning. They're intellectually curious. They, they can set their own schedule. And because our students, even though we're a hybrid model, we are in, in courses, you know, live lectures multiple times a week, but students can watch recorded lectures, kind of a flipped classroom model whenever they want. And so we try to look for ways in the interview and in other aspects that are going to make them successful in this very unique model that we have. Okay, so I know you had mentioned, obviously, that you're a hybrid program, but what are some things that are unique to your program that someone necessarily, like, wouldn't see, like, if they were touring or if they were in, like, a webinar? So these things could be different interprofessional opportunities, research components, and with, like, the hybrid learning like different clinical opportunities, because I know typically if it's an on-campus program, then the clinical opportunities are usually in the area. So South College is a pretty unique program. I, you know, I already mentioned that we're accelerated and it's a hybrid model, but uh, you know, a lot of students don't know exactly what that means, uh, people that apply to the program. So uh, in addition to being able to live wherever you want to live, we have students in the program who live in Vermont and Alaska and Southern California and right in Knoxville, Tennessee, where we're located. So I think when, when students come to visit one of our labs, so let me just describe a little bit the scenario. So students were on a quarter system. So for about 10 weeks of every quarter, students are living wherever they live. The most recent class, we have students from 35 different states. So we really have a lot of geographic diversity, age diversity, racial and ethnic diversity, which really makes it fun. But they all, after 10 weeks online, then they, again, not 
you know, they get to watch lectures at their own pace, but they have to attend live classrooms. So we try to show students examples of what the live classroom looks like. It's very engaging. We can put students in breakout rooms and have small group discussions and then come out of those breakout rooms and talk in the large group. We do screen shares. Students step up to the mic and, and camera and turn it on and answer questions. Really, we, we, we're very much like, you know, an entry level, you know, traditional face-to-face -face program. But, but then once the students come on site in Knoxville, then we're there for, on average, about two weeks. And that's when all of the lab content is taught. So we are very much hands-on, physical therapy is a hands-on profession. So we really run those labs almost like a clinic, eight to five you know, not, you know, go to the bathroom if you need to, but otherwise we're, we're kind of keep right on rolling along and we do lots of, you know, engaging activities and hands-on learning. Students are usually really hungry to get to lab because that's when they know that the hands-on learning is there. We have pretty large class sizes. We have about 90 students in, in any given class. So we have a lot of faculty there. We have on average eight faculty in every single lab. And what's nice about that is we can recruit faculty from all over the country as well, even clinical faculty. And so we have people, students aren't waiting around for faculty to come answer their questions, teach them how to do it, because again, every moment in that lab is valuable. What's really exciting is that we're going to be, South College just built our own space uh, on their campus. So we've been meeting kind of in, you know, in convention centers and in event centers and now we'll get to go on to campus and there'll be a research space for faculty there'll be breakout rooms and computer labs for students while they're there so really our i think our model is is quite unique students who are kind of interested don't fully understand it so we're actually on a a year-long tell our south college story because a lot of people don't know you know, the details about what this accelerated hybrid uh, program is like. I actually was on Facebook the other day and I just saw a post from one of your faculty that was in the like new construction areas. So I didn't know that you guys didn't have that space, but that's, that's really cool. So in the next question, what other resources do you provide for students to put them in a position to help them succeed? So these can be like tutoring or mentoring other students or faculty mentors. So you can imagine being in an accelerated hybrid program, the worst case scenario for our students is that, you know, they feel like they're isolated, they're going through it on their own, they don't have a study group that they're connected with, they can't connect to their faculty. So I think since the start of the program, we put a lot of emphasis making sure that, that uh, students always have a touch point. Like I said, we have a large class size, but we have what used to be called advisors for students, each student has an advisor, but now we actually call them coaches. And that's an intentional term, a coach. That means if, if they kind of function, they're not advising you on what courses to take. Most PT school students have to take the same courses. So really we're there to coach you. 
Are you using your time wisely? Why, what, what answers did you get wrong on that last test? And how can, did you look at the course objectives and how could you look at the, you know, how could you prepare yourself better in the future? Is stress and anxiety one of the things that's holding you back? You go into that test feeling like you know it and you come out and realizing you didn't. What, and what role does stress and anxiety play? And especially in a, an accelerated program, it's important to try to manage stress, manage study time optimally because information's coming at you so fast. We also, a lot of PT programs will have the, the more senior students will be uh, acting as mentors for students, even, even before, as soon as they get the acceptance into our program, but they haven't decided if they will accept our acceptance. You know, we put students in a Facebook group with some current students, make sure their questions are answered, and then that extends out through the program. And then, you know, even some of our adjunct faculty are graduates now of the program. We're going to graduate our fourth class in June. Um, and so we brought in back some of those alumni to really tell the story of how they were successful, how they struggled early on, and how they can be successful. I guess one other point I want to uh, make out because to share is that we actually have, we just started our second cohort. So in other words, students can start in our traditional time in, in June of every year, but we also have a, a, a cohort that starts in January. And the reason why I think that's an, a, a support for students is sometimes students just find, you know, that, that, adjusting to the first quarter is so hard you know they get overwhelmed so we've had a few students who kind of decide to withdraw from you know one or two of the courses finish out the rest of the courses and then they'll come into the next cohort and kind of almost what there's a term in academia called decelerate just slow this down a little bit get used to the structure and the nature of, of taking the coursework and then you know, be successful re-entering the program in the other cohort. So there's not very many programs that have two cohorts like that, that allow you to potentially kind of stop out for a few months and then come back into the program. So I think all of those things together help allow us to help students be successful, regardless of, of, you know, how they started initially in the program. So that kind of brings us to our next question since you do have like the two cohorts kind of going at a time. So someone, a student who applies to your program when the cycle opens, what can they expect on the timeline of the decision? Some schools can like reopen their applications if they have a different start date. And then not only that, but if your program conducts an interview or preview type days, what can the student expect during the course of that day? Again, since I've described kind of how unusual South College uh, program is, let me also kind of describe kind of what our admissions process is. So just like the students, the faculty can live wherever they want to live. In fact, I manage the South College program based in Knoxville, Tennessee, while living in uh, Boulder, Colorado. So uh, I'm a thousand miles away from, uh, from our PT program. That seems kind of strange. So we don't have 
on-site face-to-face interviews. We do remote interviews. In fact, we use asynchronous interviews. We kind of want to see what uh, puts students in the situation like their learning is. And so we use a piece of software that asks random questions and students have two or three seconds to think about an answer and then they get recorded live uh, and, and then faculty can go and watch that interview. So that's one thing that's different about us. The other thing is that we have a rolling admission cycle. So in my previous uh, institution at Regis University here in Colorado, you know, it was very structured. You knew when the application deadline was, you knew around the date when you might get uh, selected to for an interview and when to come to campus and then when that interview day was and then when, you know, you would find out uh, about acceptance. Well, so I had to learn kind of a different process, and I like the process at South. So uh, as soon as PTCAS PT opens, you know, in the summertime for the following June for us, you can apply, and we start reviewing those applications usually in August or September. So it's possible that you could actually get admitted to our program, you know, nine months before, you know, however, there, there are rules around admission. We can't actually, you know, kind of finalize that and, and require a seat deposit until later um, after the first of the year in January. But, it, you know, so in other words, you know, let's just say it's, it's that time of year in late spring where programs have already, you know, let a lot of students know whether they've been admitted or not. You know, we encourage students to still keep applying because if our if our June cohort is full, we could potentially accept you for the January cohort. So it it, it really is kind of that. I think it's a student and applicant friendly process because you know you could be potentially admitted for one of two different start dates. It's around the year. Here's probably the one downside. The one downside is that maybe you don't hear you know something from us right away because you may submit your PTCAS early in the cycle but maybe we don't make the final decisions until, you know, several months later. So, you know, we have a great admission staff. We, we encourage uh, applicants to reach out to them and ask. And when it comes time when you might be hearing from other PT programs and maybe you haven't heard from us yet, you know, that's when you got to let us know and, and, and we can try to, you know, see where in that cycle you are and, and try to, uh, you know, be able to give you a, a final answer. The other thing is our admissions is holistic. You know, again, we're not looking just at GREs, GPAs, you know, we're, we're, we want you know, a class that's well-rounded. And so I, I think that that also plays into that admissions uh, process. It makes us, I think, student-friendly. That's super helpful too, because I feel like some people might not necessarily be like ready to submit their application, like right when the cycle opens and it kind of gives mm -hmm. them that like leeway or things come up and whatnot. Okay, so. For some students, they go right from their undergraduate degree to their graduate degree, while others can be non-traditional. No matter what, everyone will experience first-day jitters. <laughs> In your program, what can students expect from like the first day of classes, the first week of classes, and as well as like orientation days and stuff like that? 
Yeah, starting starting PT school is a is a is a fun yet a bit traumatic moment for for everyone. I think I can even remember my first day of PT school thirty some years ago. So I think we obviously anticipate that again because we're a little bit different, we actually put students into a two-month orientation course online. Number one, it shows them what online learning is going to be like. Uh, so there are resources, there's videos to watch, there's discussion forums. We use things like Flipgrid for students to get to meet and, and introduce themselves to their classmates. They get to watch some recorded lectures and kind of role play what it's going to be like once class actually starts. Then normally we then students come onto campus. They travel to Knoxville for orientation. They get to meet the faculty, get to meet the students and uh, and really start off that experience just like any other PT program. So you know who your advisor is, you know who the other students who are in your coaching advising pod will be that you're going to be interacting with a lot. We, we try to, um, because we have students from 35 different states, we try to match up students who might be from the same state or the same town so that they could potentially get together and study and practice hands-on skills. And, and so really, uh, it's, it's like every other PT school on what orientation looks like. The difference with us once orientation's over, you get in your car or plane and you go off to where, where you live and then you won't see each other again for eight weeks probably. So you can imagine how excited students are for that first lab in the first quarter when we're going over anatomy and, and our PT fundamentals and those first uh, lab content you know, for them to come back again and see each other. A lot of times we have students come and visit our uh, applicants uh, come and visit lab and just to see what it's like and they, they look at the students who are engaging and you know said I could not imagine that these are students who are quote unquote online students because they're talking they're engaging they're telling stories they're asking about what their how their family is and how's their dog and because you know they can share all of those things in you know Google in Google meetings and in FaceTime and and all the other different mod modes of communication that students use they really can be very close. So that's kind of what, what the start of our program looks like. Prepare you for what's different about it, but then also, you know, kind of move you through. And then every time you come to campus, you know, you meet with your advisor and, and with your, you know, your advising and coaching pods and, you know, financial aid representatives are there and, and, and student health uh, is there for any mental health kinds of questions that students might have or want at counselors. So we really do kind of try to make sure that uh, people get those key touch points. The final thing I was going to mention is you know, interprofessional education is really popular right now um, in all physical therapy programs. So South College has a, a doctor of pharmacy program, uh, a nursing program, a PA program. So when our students come on campus, we try to have, a, have an interprofessional 
uh, an IPE experience with students from those other programs so that they're, you know, they're getting some of the same socialization time with students from other programs and other disciplines, because once they go out on clinic, you know, they need to be able to have those conversations with that. So even in a, you know, in a hybrid program, we've been able to uh, make sure we do those little things that are going to make you successful when you're in clinic. So I have a question that's not on the question sheet, but given the current circumstances with like COVID and how obviously universities have changed to remote learning, do you think that because of this, so I feel like some students are kind of hesitant to apply to hybrid programs because they're like, oh, I'll be learning from home and like I might have distractions and this or that. Do you think that because of the circumstances we're under now that more students, like I know myself, knowing that I can take classes online and like still be productive and still get good grades, do you think more students will consider hybrid programs more than they did in the past? Yeah, can I, so can I go ahead and answer that? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, okay. You know, it's uh, it's really interesting the fact that, you know, we're in this pandemic mode in many ways. For our South College students, they are the least impacted compared to any other PT students in the country because, you know, we, we've been, we finished our lab. We were last in Knoxville. I think we left uh, March 18th or 16th. And so it was right when things were starting to get a little dicey and some uh, program institutions were trying to figure out, do they have to close? So we went right into our online phase. And uh, in fact, I had a lot of programs uh, reach out to, to me and say, wow, how, we've just been told that we're, we're, we, we have to go online. How do you do this? And I, I, feel, I felt bad for, for them because they had, to, they had to do what we've been working on for a couple of years. They had literally a, a week or two to try to figure out how to shift an, on, you know, an on-site traditional curriculum into some uh, cloud-based learning, uh, hybrid learning. It's not surprising that some of these program directors that I've since talked to said, oh, our students are struggling. They don't know if this online learning uh, is going to work for them. Some of our students actually love it. You know, they love, they move back home, they're saving money, uh, they figured out a routine and it works well for them and others, you know, it's just not what they signed up for. And, you know, it, it, so that begs the question, what, what happens after the pandemic is over? Will, will students, uh, you know, realize, and then now I think of undergraduate students, will they say, hey, my, my university transitioned and, you know, and I liked it and I could actually, maybe a program like South College is going to rise up on my priority level of, of, of program of choice because, you know, they're built around this and, and I, I could, you know, I could live wherever I want and I could potentially move in the middle and, and, and not have my PT school disrupted. Um, but I, the flip side could also be true. It could be that students get a taste of what online learning, not well planned, thrown together, not good resources. You have faculty that don't know how to teach online. 
and, and trust me, it's, a, it's an art and a science on how to engage students, how to, we have, a, we have a motto at South College, no back row. We believe there should be no students sitting in the back row. So that's why we call him up onto the stage, turn on your mic and camera, you know, give me an answer for this. We use polling questions, we use breakout rooms, all these things that keep you engaged so that, you know, we want our students to say, wow, I just looked at my, at the clock. We've been here an hour and it feels like, you know, half that amount of time rather than sitting in a long, you know, online lecture and you're distracted. And so it, it, it's really going to be an interesting phenomenon to see it, does this promote online learning as a as a viable option or will students view it as not a good ex first experience and almost a little bit of resistance to to going down that path i know i can speak for my own children who've had to finish both one who finishing college as a as a senior and one finishing high school as a senior bad year to be a senior but but they've you know, learn that, uh, you know, online learning, I can do it. Some teachers do it really well and I feel engaged and I like studying on my own pace. And so anyway, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I know I'm also a senior graduating and I have a few classes that are self-paced and I find myself like not paying, not not paying attention, but kind of like distracted. And then I have other classes mm -hmm. that utilize online teaching and breakout rooms and stuff. And that helps a lot. Okay, so we have two more questions left. So we know a lot of pre-PTs might have a rough start to their journey and might have lower grades or find themselves in a situation where they decided to join the profession later on. At Pre-PT Grind, our mission is to help push and guide students to take the correct course of action to ultimately get into PT school. We've seen it often where students have gotten in with a GPA as low as a 2.4. For a student with a low GPA who wants to get into PT school, what would you recommend? I speak from firsthand experience on what it feels like to stumble out of the gate, so to speak, in your undergrad career. I was a computer science major uh, the first quarter, and I can remember the day I opened up my transcripts at, at, at Christmas time and saw two C's on my transcript. I knew I was going to move away from computer science. I'd already had a knee surgery and met that physical therapist I mentioned earlier. But I'm, I mean, I was devastated, uh, you know, I felt like I was a good school student in high school and, you know, but it was not, I was in a situation that was not a good match for me. And sure enough, the next, uh, next quarter, you know, I'm taking an, you know, uh, prerequisite courses in anatomy and, and biomechanics or uh, phys physics, I guess, and, and A's and B's started happening and slowly, you know, gained some experience. So I guess, you know, so I have a special place for those students that may not have that stellar academic transcript of all A's, few B's, you know, maybe one C or no C's. And uh, because I know that they can be successful in PT programs. So, you know, that's what that's reasons why we, we have an interview, because, you know, if you can be stellar on an interview and show that you have passion, that you bring energy to the room, you know, I, I think that's important because as, as physical therapists, we need to bring energy and enthusiasm to our, our clients and our patients. 
but yeah, so we look at that last 60, 90, you know, uh, credit hours as really important because students uh, might have a, a previous undergrad degree or start off on a path kind of like what I did and realize they, you know, uh, late that uh, they, they, they wanted to go a different route. So, but you know, there does need to be something in that application that stands out. You know, I, I think if you have a low GPA, um, maybe it's a GRE, you know, you know, some people, you know, their, their coursework was, was, they struggled in, but the GRE was really high or, or vice versa, you know, but those students were or maybe a little bit low in both, lower GREs, lower GPA, but their last, you know, two or three semesters, really strong A's, B's, their letter of recommendation, uh, especially when it comes from a, a physical therapist or somebody that may be uh, an undergraduate teacher who has witnessed that turnaround um, and has had them in a recent course and can kind of speak to their, you know, their, their high performance more recently. All of those things, that gets our attention. And so, so you need, you know, and, and then I think in essays, you know, being very forthright, you know, I struggled you know, and this is what I learned from it. This is why I think I can still be a very good physical therapist. This is what I learned about myself in that process, how I've, you know, we use a, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the, the book Grit uh, by Angela Duckworth, but, uh, you know, uh, Grit talks about passion and perseverance. And there's actually a Grit scale that you can use. So we use the Grit scale. And that, that a lot of times identifies those people that have, that have kind of persevered over initial challenges. Um, a lot of times we'll ask questions around what did you learn about yourself uh, from previous struggles? Because we think that that tells us a lot about uh, where people are right now and help us predict who's gonna be successful in the program and beyond. Okay, and now wrapping up with our last question. What is one piece of advice that you would give to any applicant during their pre-PC journey? You know, when I think about advice to uh, students who are on that pre-physical therapy journey, you know, I just, I just think about, you know, how valuable it would have been to me uh, or PTs of my generation to have the resources, whether it's, uh, you know, YouTube channels and, and the PT. Uh, pre-PT grind. I just commend those of you that started that because I, I think that's, you know, a, having a community that can support one another, learn from each other is so valuable. So I think networking is really critical. You know, you know, networking to find PTs who would write you, who are well-respected in their community and can write you a good letter of recommendation is really important. You know, uh, paying attention to, you know, current affairs in physical therapy. We love it when students, you know, talk about, you know, some of the, you know, both some of the reasons why they want to be a PT, but even maybe what are some of the challenges presenting to the profession? reimbursement and, um, you know, trying to figure out if telehealth is something that should enter into physical therapy world. We're a, we're a hands-on profession. What will tele-rehab look like? And what should it look like? So I think knowledge about, you know, what's happening. But again, I just told you, <laughs> 
passion and perseverance is what makes up the grit score, Angela Duckworth. So if you have a stellar application and you get admitted to many different PT schools, well, then you need to figure out what's the best match for you. A lot of our PT students that uh, get accepted at South get accepted to other programs and they need to make the tough decision. Do I wanna go through this in two years knowing that the third year I could work and make money and pay down loans while if I would gone to another school, I would still be in PT school. Or is that just way too fast and I'd rather go through it at a, at a, a pace that isn't, uh, you know, our students talk about drinking from a fire hose. And, you know, if you don't want to go through to PT school like that, then our program's not right. So you have to decide what's best for you. But even if you're not successful the first time, you know, I remember being rejected from a PT program application, my first one. And, and I remember that feeling still, but the right fit, again, what could you learn from that and how to come back strong and, uh, and don't lose hope that uh, you could still achieve your, your dream. Perfect. Okay, so that concludes our interview. I just wanna say thank you again for taking time out of your day. I know things have been really crazy lately. And I think that's all. Do you have any questions, comments? No, I hope I hope I um, I hope that I met the expectations of uh, what you wanted your guests to provide. Uh, so wh where where are you where do you live? So right now I'm in Rhode Island. I'm finishing out my spring semester at um, University of Rhode Island, and then I'll go back to Massachusetts afterwards. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck. Good luck to you and uh, hope uh, at least a, a few things that I've shared are helpful to you and, and to the audience. Yes, definitely. Great. Thank you. What is up, guys? You've been listening to the Pre-PT Grind podcast, where we don't just help you get into PT school, but our mission is to make you the best physical therapist you can possibly be. And I have a quick question for you. Did you enjoy this episode? And if you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread our message of helping pre-PTs get into physical therapy school without wasting time and money is if you rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast. What this basically does is tell the platforms out there that we're on is that you like our stuff, that we're doing something right, and that we're bringing value to you all, our audience. So if you can take about three seconds out of your day to rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast and tell your friends about Pre-PT Grind, we would be forever, forever grateful to all of you. So thank you again for listening to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you on the next one.